Life Audio. Hey friend, do you ever feel like the busyness of life makes it hard to slow down and truly connect with Jesus? Do your priorities and passions feel jumbled and out of whack? Then join me this summer on my podcast, How to Study the Bible, as we dive into Spiritual Rhythms, a six-week series that will lead us through six spiritual rhythms to help us slow down and make space for Jesus in the busyness of everyday life. To guide us, I've put together a free downloadable six-week study available at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices. The study will walk us through God's word as we learn to embrace daily practices that draw us closer to Jesus. Each week on the podcast, we'll walk through one spiritual rhythm that helps us discover how to spend intentional time with God, align our passions and balance our priorities, and make time and space for restfulness and celebration. Download Spiritual Rhythms for free today at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices, and I'll see you on How to Say the Bible. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice, joined again by Rev. Rachel. Rachel, thanks for being with us today. Here I am. Thanks for having me back. Love Here you. I am. Here I am. Send me. Let's Send start me. the Bible joke. Sign me up. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Before I start the Bible joke, I just want to read a few reviews from the series so far. You guys, we love getting together with you every week here on the 
podcast airwaves. And also, guys, Rachel is feeling herself because she has such a cool new microphone. So oh my, welcome. Oh my word, y'all. It is. <laughs> I I want to quit Bible everything and go full time DJ, like do do the whole thing. Um, we need I'm you to be the Bible inspired. DJ, though. I, can we yeah, I can be the Bible DJ. That's my next stay. that's my next career move. Stay off the Bible DJ, please. Yep. Um, okay, so here's a couple of things. Lana Road 18 said on Wednesday, my new favorite show. Loving this summer series, ladies. Excited to dive in and engage with the Bible. Lana, we're excited, too. We're so glad that you're here. Same. Glad you're here. All right. Monday. This is what Robin said on Monday. I can't tell you how much this has helped me walk through scripture. I love that. We are we're hitting the mark. That's what we're here to do for sure. And on June 3rd, Miss PTY. I don't know if that's praise the Yahweh or or what I like PTY it. is. But it says, love this new series, a great addition to my Christian journey. Nicole and Rev Rachel should consider having an ongoing podcast. They are insightful, funny, and engaging. Happy Friday, Rev Rachel. Gosh, you guys. I know. That makes us feel great. We're so glad that you guys are are very kind. I know. And you know, one of the reasons that you're probably getting the best out of Rev Rachel and Rev Nicole is because we absolutely love the Bible and it's just so fun to engage. I love because Rachel's got such a deep historical background. I love getting to like hear a little bit more on the backstory side and then really talk about how this is impacting our everyday lives. Because guys, that's what really matters. If we're just here like getting puffed up on knowledge, that's not God's design. We're actually here to be transformed by God's word. And that's what we're doing in this series. We're really offering some different opportunities each week to think about changes that you can make in your daily practice that allow you to have space for God. Because we know that with space comes perspective. And when you have that right perspective, you can actually live in peace and joy. So that's what we're doing. Rachel, we did a digital fast last week. Talk to me about your experiences with digital fasts, both with you and your college students. I mean, I think it's it always impresses me how much you don't realize your the, the omnipresence of technology in your life until you're actually mm-hmm. deliberately trying to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're so much more conscientious of, oh, my word, whenever I'm bored, whenever I'm stressed, whenever I'm frustrated, I start scrolling. And yeah. and it really reveals. Right. And this this what idolatry is about is trust fundamentally. Right. And mm-hmm. it reveals where what where I genuinely go to when I'm under stress and under pressure. And it's usually not God. Mm-hmm. And so it's always very convicting for me every time I try to do this. Uh, and mm-hmm. I I. And I've tried to my cult, my students especially are good at this are t- trying to cultivate this rhythm of life for the use of a phone because it's it's such a presence and a power in our mm-hmm. lives. But mm-hmm. it definitely exposes a lot, I think, in my own heart. I can't remember what who I was listening to who talks a lot about digital practices, but they said, stop calling it a phone and start calling it a computer. Like you have mm-hmm. a computer in your pocket because True. it's more that is what you're doing. Like every time you open your phone, you're like basically flipping open a computer in front of whoever you're with or whatever. And yeah, I don't know why something about that changes my perspective, too, because honestly, if I used my phone as a phone, it would probably be more healthy because that would mean you I was trying to people. connect yeah. to someone you know, right. Right. <laughs> talking to a real human being like live in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I find this whole thing really the digital fast is huge. I do think it's really deceptive. Like I'm the first to say like, I don't have a problem with that. But just like you, what I've started to also recognize is how does this set the barometer on my day? Like mm-hmm. Instagram, what what is the fruit? What is the fruit of this time? Because at the time I might consider it neutral 
maybe even positive. But then over time, the question is like, what is this doing? And what trajectory is it setting me on for the day? And I'm just finding like, I d- it just creates more anxiety in general. I don't struggle deeply with anxiety as a as an ongoing sort of pathological problem. But what I mean is just this like, this revved up sense inside of like discontent and of mm-hmm. something needing to change and of things not being as they're meant to be. And I'm like, I don't need any more of that in my life at all. So real. I'm really, I'm enjoying the challenge and we hope you guys are. I'm just imagining you guys somehow listening to this podcast, not using your phone, real life <laughs> possible. So I like what you said, Rachel. It's not about eliminating technology from life. It's about having the right relationship with it. And sometimes fasts and changes to your pattern can just disrupt that rhythm enough for you to recognize like what you're doing and how you're using it, just like you mm-hmm. talked about, Rach. So. And, and I will say, I think one of the most helpful pro tips I've received in this field tested by college students <laughs> is to buy an old school alarm clock. Do not yes. under any circumstances use your phone as an alarm clock, because when that's the first thing you look at, when you wake up, last thing you look at before you go to bed, that just that's going to mess with your brain and your soul all kinds of ways. So yeah. just go to Target, buy an alarm clock. I love that, Rachel, because I'm a huge proponent of that, too. Like, that's always been my thing. We actually have like Alexa little dots in everyone's room. So you can actually nice. just say, Alexa, set an alarm for six o'clock. You don't have to touch your phone or have your phone in the room at all. So, yeah, great, great tip. Thanks, college students. Guys, try it out. Let us know how it goes for you. We'd love to hear. Okay, so we did a, we talked about a new rhythm. We talked about a digital rhythm. And this week we're going to talk about the spiritual rhythm of scripture, just how we engage. Obviously, we're very passionate about this, but we really want to talk about in your day-to-day life, what does this look like? So we've chosen a passage from Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. And why don't we, I love when we read it back and forth, Rach. So let's let's do that. And then we'll we'll get into our live method. We'll just talk about how we perceive the scripture and what we do with it. Great. Shall I I lead us off? Please do. How can a young person stay in the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. This is the word of the Lord, Psalm 119. Thanks be to God. All right. So before we get into like what we're going to do with this passage and how we're going to practice the scripture, a specific kind of scripture reading this week, let's just like review what this actually says, right? So it's a beautiful poetic language, but what is the psalmist actually getting at? Rach, what's a couple of things that stand out to you? And then I'll share a few of my own as well. Well, I mean, the first thing that stands out is just the form of this being a psalm, a poem, mm-hmm. a prayer. And we're going to talk about that more, so I won't get into that too much. But but just the the sense the psalmist has of, of joy in mm-hmm. God's law, that is not really language we use. That's not really a category we think about. And I think we tend to really consider any kind of law pretty negatively. Mm-hmm. And so there's something else happening here where his experience is really different from how we think about commands and laws. Mm-hmm. And I think really worth exploring. Yeah. And I think like if you look, you know, if you guys have your Bible open right now and you're looking at the passage, you're seeing all these synonyms used, right? So it's like live according to your word, hide your word in my heart, like decrees, laws, statutes, precepts. 
like there's all of these words used to describe this thing, right? And and then there's joy around it. So I also love whenever a passage is a pretty clear like if then kind of situation. So the passage opens by saying like, how do you stay on the path of purity? And that isn't even a very, very like positive word in our culture. But mm-hmm. to me, that means like, how do I stay in integrity? How do I stay whole? How do I stay in this place of like joy and freedom? And then, you know, the answer is given. So the answer is given by living according to your word. And then we have like all of the ways that that plays out, like how you actually live according to the word. So mm-hmm. we want, I mean, I think when you read this passage for me, I'm like, yeah, we want to figure out what this looks like. We should want to figure out what this looks like in our everyday life because it's it's pretty descriptive. Yeah, it's beautiful. So let's talk a bit, a little bit about the backstory. I know you're excited to share with us a little bit more about the Psalms. Obviously, the the design of this, and this is important for us to note because we do quote unquote Bible study together every week here. We are studying the Bible and we do want to know what the words say, but it's also really important to understand the form of the words and the original intent of the the book, whatever we're studying, because that really informs the way that we engage it. So for instance, if you're reading poetry that has a lot of hyperbolic language, a lot of exaggeration, and you're trying to read it literally, then you're going to get get real weird real fast. Get real weird, real weird. (laughs) And you see this happen all the time where you're like, uh, that's no, that's not, that's not actually, we're like talking about a figure of speech, but we're acting like it's literal. And so that happens, right? So we want to know like the form, we want to know the original intent and the way it was used by its original audience. So talk us a little through a little bit of this psalm. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. So so psalms are fundamentally prayers, right? They're songs. They are, they are meant to be prayed and experienced, not just studied. In fact, their primary use is to be prayed. And so Jesus would have prayed through the psalms. They're actually given to us in the form that they are in the 150 of them that we have in the book of psalms as a prayer book in the Bible to actually teach us how to pray. And even the the structure of Psalms is really cool. Like most of the sad ones are at the beginning and a lot of most of the happy ones are at the end. There's some interspersed, mm-hmm. but this the kind of the thread of of moving through being really honest with God to a place of, of worship and joy. And just so much about the Psalms is about not only being honest with God, but also shaping your heart and really teaching you to pray, which mm-hmm. is so beautiful and so fun. And so the best way I think to engage a psalm is what we're going to do it, because it's meant to be experienced worshipfully. It's less so to be studied analytically, though there's yes. obviously certainly a place for that. 
but that's not necessarily the primary uh, intent of of this particular form of scripture. Yeah, and let's like let's camp out on that for a minute because depending on your church background, like and all of you guys listening, just think for a second if you did grow up in church, like think about your church background because you know we only experience what we experience, and we don't realize that oftentimes there's just a huge wide spectrum, right? So. If you were raised in the evangelical tradition, like Rachel and I mostly were, you're going to have experienced a lot of church through your mind, through your head. You're going to have experienced a lot of sort of chopping up of scripture and analyzing verse by verse. And that is all well and good. There's nothing wrong with that. It's beautiful. But there's a balance, right? Because there's another form of church. There's another form of kind of engaging scripture that really engages the imagination. It engages the emotion. It engages sort of a more mystical experience with God where we're actually sitting ourselves in a place where we're experiencing God and receiving from God. And there's pros and cons to that as well. Neither one of those is better than the other. In fact, the way they're best experienced is together. So you may want to ask yourself, am I more prone to be a person who studies, which I'm like, hey, newsflash, you probably are because you're here. If on you're this listening podcast. to this, Jesus <laughs> nerds unite. You are literally listening to a podcast called How to Study, study. the Bible. <laughs> so most of us probably like that part of scripture, which I love. And I know you do too, Rachel, like, man, making connections across books of the Bible and like seeing God where, I mean, so great, so cool, right? The original language is all that. But there's also this whole other side, which is the ability to really do what we're going to do today and really meditate and be in Scripture in a way that allows Scripture to read you, to inform you about what's going on in your heart. So walk us through that, because that's where we're actually going to engage today. Yeah, so we're going to try a practice called Lectio Divina. And I think actually, before we talk about that, it's helpful, to, I think, just to give framework for some of our own understanding of why we're all nerds. And it's mm-hmm. in no small part due to the Protestant Reformation. So if you come from an evangelical background, you're in, that's kind of your inheritance. That happened about 500 years ago. And part of why that was a big deal is the printing press just came out and people mm-hmm. were learning to read. So suddenly people could study the Bible in a way that was never possible before, which is so exciting and such a gift. So that's kind of where we get that inductive Bible study kind of inclination, which is a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Also, before printing press, most people couldn't read, right? Mm-hmm. Books were not easy to get a hold of, really high, you had really high illiteracy. And so a practice that was developed about 1700 years ago, Christians have been doing this for a long time, is this practice called Lectio Divina, the divine reading. And it was a way of helping, it was. It did two things. One, it for people who did not have access to a printed or, or a manuscript copy of the Bible mm. or who were illiterate and couldn't read and could not read it anyway, it gave them the ability to really experience and apply scripture. So that was one one thing that it did. But another thing it did is it's the whole point is not simply for you to glean information. It's to actually be formed. It's mm. to ask questions of how am, is my life and my community interacting meaningfully with this text in the moment right here and now. Mm. And so it can help us kind of get over the the nerdy Protestant hurdle of of Bible study stopping in our heads and maybe getting kind of hung up there. And so mm-hmm. I found this to be incredibly convicting and helpful because this is not my natural inclination. Mm-hmm. I am a nerd. I can study things all day and then not actually doing anything about it. And so this is this is both convicting and I think a very helpful and very time time tested and field tested practice. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to have the courage right now to run ahead in, in this practice. And we want to invite you guys in. If we were all together in a room, as I like to imagine us, I like to imagine us all like around a fire, you know, and um, that would be my ideal. 
I would imagine us doing this and you would be having your reaction and sort of you would be conversing about what you're experiencing and we would all be doing that. But Rachel and I are just going to model that for you. And we want to invite you to be kind of that silent third party who's also here along with the Lord with us. So allow yourself to engage with this practice as we go through it together. You want to lead us off? Yes. And so um, what I'm and I'm saying, are we going to read through the whole psalm? I'm assuming that's how you want to do this. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's do, do it. OK, so just so, so everybody knows the way this goes, there's a few stages. And so it starts with silence, just a little empty space to meet with God. And then I'm going to read it a couple times. And when I do that, I'm going to not hurry through it, but just notice whatever whatever you notice, whatever word or phrase or image kind of catches your attention and just kind of sit with that. Mm-hmm. And then when we read it a third time, just ask the Holy Spirit, how does this actually connect with me now? What are you trying to show me? What, what are you inviting me to? Mm-hmm. And then through the fourth reading, that's the time to respond. So that that's when you really kind of press into God. How are you inviting me to respond to what you've shown? Okay, so we're going to give you guys a second to get yourselves ready. And then we're going to do the practice together. We're going to give you just a little space for silence. And then you're going to hear us read this passage to you and give you that prompt again. So we encourage you to just let the words wash over you and see what stands out to you as we read. So let's take a moment of silence and ask God to open our hearts and minds to his word. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoiced in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. We're going to read it a second time, and we invite you to just listen for the word or image or phrase that sticks out to you as you listen again. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And now this third time, you're asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you listen to the words and phrases again. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So in this fourth reading, we're going to invite you that as you listen to listen to what the Holy Spirit might have to say and, and ask him, how might he hope for you to respond? What is God trying to invite you into with his word in this moment? How can a young person stand the path of purity? By living according to your word.
I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So we're going to break the silence and Rachel and I are just going to share a couple of reflections from the practice and we hope that you'll write down your own reflections or share them with us. We'd love to hear them. So Rachel, as you listened, what came to you? What words and images and what did you, how did you think the Holy Spirit wanted you to respond? I just don't know that I do a lot of sitting and delighting. Mm. I don't think that's a very prevalent part of my faith or my life. I'm just not a a contemplative person so that that's Mm -hmm. part of why this challenges me. And so I think the invitation to, to really practice sitting and resting and enjoying the goodness of God is 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 a genuine discipline in a positive way that I think I would like to lean into. Mm, I love that. And I love that it's like almost exactly opposite of what I feel like from God. So, which is cool. That's why this is a cool practice. So for me, I felt more like God was giving me an image that I am very prone to sitting with him and then leaving it there. And that the invitation was to an active considering, like that I I was experiencing this chapter as a very active, like as you go through the day sort of vibe, like how does it look to bring joy and consideration and recount who God is all through the day in a very active way, as opposed to like, this is my quote unquote quiet time. And now I'm going to go on with my life and not reconsider anything from that time. And I love that invitation. It just feels very much like where I think the spirit is meeting me today. So, and you know, what happens when we, what you should feel guys at the end of a practice like this is when the spirit convicts or the spirit comforts or the spirit moves in your life, what you're not going to feel is shame. You're not going to feel beat up. You're going to not feel anxious. You're going to feel peace. Even if that peace is putting you on a different path, that is God's design and God's way. So I hope and we're our desire and our prayer for you is that you do feel that peace as you do this practice. And we're going to give that to you in the download. If you go to NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices, we have a download for this whole series and you can practice this this week. We'd love for you to try it out. All right. That's it for today, you guys. We are looking forward to seeing you next week. Bye. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.